everybody. Welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. Uh, I, we have so much to talk about this week. It's Computex. I mean, everybody loves Computex. It's computer parts. Uh, we're not there. We're covering it remotely. We've all joined remotely, as you can see in these little boxes, including a special guest. But I'll, I'll, that's a secret. Uh, I'll let him reveal that. Um, I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. Now I'm Josh Walrus. I'm Kent Burgess. And in for Brett Van Spurenberg, who also has a Scirocco, I'm Alan Melvin Tunney. <laughs> How many Scirocco owners are there in North America, I wonder? Uh, At least this coming This coming weekend, almost all of them are going to be in Dayton, Ohio. Is that where you met the two of you? That's where I met, that's where I met Brett. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Actually, I met Frank. This, there's layers. There's layers. You guys don't know this. Oh, I get to I get to spill the tea on Brett while he's gone. Yeah, Ooh, Frank nice. is Frank. Frank is Brett when he's drunk. He has a different yep. name. Huh. Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. By oh, the way, it's episode seven hundred and twenty-five. Hey, I didn't mention True. that. And we're oh, recording sorry. this on the last day of May. It just wouldn't be the PC per podcast without the burger segment. And Josh is here with us this week, of course. Uh, did you have a burger this week? I did have a burger, and they screwed it up yet again. It was the naughty. I wanted the naughty. I wanted the naughty. And they they didn't put any acid on it. They they didn't they didn't put any of the jalapenos. You needed to have fresh cut jalapenos on there to kind of fill out that entire taste profile. Josh wanted still, naughty and he was denied. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm older man. And so naughty needs to be a little spicier than it used to be, man's, right? Man's man's exactly. got needs. <laughs> Otherwise, it was it was a it was a perfectly good burger. It, it filled me up. I'm not eating again tonight. So there you go. Let's move into news, and we're not going to cover all of Computex, but we'll look at a few stories here and there from other outlets that have been, you know, on prem. Is that a term for Compu I don't know. They're attending in sure. person. Uh, here's one that's you know we have Alan on the show, so we have to talk about solid state storage ad nauseum. What? Story number one: PC World talking about solid state cooling for solid state storage it's the match made in heaven i saw the video on the air jet thing i didn't realize they tried to stick it on an ssd yes that was their thought for some reason and i think they're well, rated I like the like idea five. of the the air jet yeah that's it's, that puts well, out some it'd be a couple rated of watts that it can dissipate well they're rated at five watts of cooling each i think Something somewhere around there. And so naturally they put two on an SSD that only dissipates like five watts. So I don't know. Seems a little. Well, you have to cool fast. the NAND, Alan, as you know. Oh, you don't want your NAND I'm, getting shaking, too warm. I'm shaking my fist in your general direction. Well, I want my bits Smash to be safe. I don't want them to get cooked. Well, but are they going to be safe at 200 kilometers an hour? Because wasn't that part okay. of their press release saying that. Hey, you know what? The closer like you get it to minus 40 C the faster Ooh. it gets because that's when silicon becomes a superconductor. Let's, let's let's dust off the old uh <laughs> let's dust off the old Allen uh technical note to those actively cooling their solid state drives. Please only actively cool the controller not the NAND. I beg of you. And it's because you actually likes reduce, to be warm. NAND is rated especially on client regular SSDs is rated to run at, oh, dang, what's the number now? I'm trying to remember. Is it 42? 42. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's 42. Maybe it is. 
Come on, get the joke. Come on, man. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Anyway, uh, if you run NAND at room temperature, if you force it to be 25C while you're writing to the drive and you do like the lifetime worth of writes of endurance to the drive, uh, the retention gets cut in half. So it basically cuts your endurance in half effectively. So it doesn't double it. It cuts it in half. It cuts it in half. Is it, now, it'll store data for twice as long at room temperature. Like, once the data is already saved on it, then colder temperatures is better. It's when oh, okay. you're doing the writing, the opposite, you know, the thing that was helping you store data for longer periods of time actually hurts you if you're forcing it to be cold while you're trying to change the, the state, the stored data. Yeah, but SSDs are a little bit too expensive to start treating like tape. And just sort of writing to them and then putting them somewhere so they can be sat at room temperature. No, listen, uh, that's that's more. I mean, hey, it sounds good, but that's still yeah, pretty I've, expensive. I, I've I've started to field like an increasing rate of those types of questions from people. Like, hey, what's the actual like retention of a of an SSD if you only write to it once or twice? Because people are clearly getting into that realm of, I only have a terabyte of stuff. I can buy one of these SSDs for fifty bucks, right? Can I? You know, or two terabyte SSDs are running around. So slap it now in, with, clone it, and then just store it. Yeah, the idea is if you if you just run into it one time, that the client rating is retention for a year, but that rating is based on the end of life. So you've already ex- exhausted all of the rights you can do. Then at that point, it's rated to hold for a year. So if it's brand new and you've only written a couple of times, right? Uh, while there isn't a specific rating that says like 10 years or whatever, but you can kind of do a little bit of the math in your head, right? If it's worst case scenario is it can still hold it for a year. Clearly it can hold it for much longer. Um, Hmm. You know, if you've only written to it once, right? So yeah, it's, and especially if it's colder temperatures, it stores it for even longer. Now, of course, don't go sticking something in a freezer. I was going to say, what about I put it next to my 35 millimeter film and my batteries, right? So, I mean, you could, yeah, as long as you make sure you don't fire it up while there's condensation on it from being super cold. <laughs> if you decided to store it like really cold, but the colder you store mm. NAND, the less the electrons leak and the longer it will hold the data, right? Especially if it's Honey, what's new. this bill for LN2? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving the baby picture, sweetie. Well, I mean, you know, but chances are, just even on a shelf, you know, you're probably good for like 10 years with a brand new drive. Yeah. What about a spinning drive? I can I can put that on a shelf and come back 20 years later as long as the heads aren't stuck. It's probably fine, right? Yeah, as you long can, as the heads uh, aren't stuck. Well, heads on or modern drives hasn't park, leaked out. Yes, that's the more important issue. Oh, right? no. Okay. Although that's a, that's a super rare thing. That's like an extremely True. rare thing because you need a leak not just big enough for the helium to leak out of the hole, but it needs to be big but enough for, for the oxygen, for the air yeah. to come back in. So leave it, put it in a helium safe, like in a helium, helium hydrogen room, pressurized. Okay. I don't know. I, no, what's going to happen with, with my one backup on a hard drive on a shelf? It'll it's float as long away. as the backup. You're already in the minority by having the backup, my friend. Yeah. Yep. Can't you've been quiet. <laughs> How do you back up your data? Is it a hard drive on a shelf? Do you use multiple it's, it's, it's resources? From one set of hard drives? Uh, I have a, a home server that I have one external drive connected to that backs up daily, but it's also uh, backing up to Backblaze uh, constantly as well. So I have one on site backup and one external backup. 
and it's it's all spinning rust at this point. I have varying degrees of like the more important it is, the more places it's in. Keeping to the SSD discussion, and this is neither here nor there, but you know it's Computex, and there's new stuff being announced. And one of the things that just came out was the new Crucial Gen Five SSD, and they're they're going passive with this. I'm yeah. not seeing a fan here. It's there's lower a heat power. Uh, yeah, but a lot of the SSDs it's a, it's a, for, it's a for Gen Five have had active. Yeah, actually, in this angle, okay, the first angle it looked really yeah. flat. Oh. In this angle, it's no, more it's, 3D. It's, it's just chunky. Yeah, it's okay. got some. Oh, no, look look at one of the side shots on it. It's pretty chunky. You're not going to fit this under your That's GPU. not chunky. Yeah, it looks flat. That's. Uh, I could watch the Linus video on it, I guess. Chunkier. Where is the side shot? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think chunky. they're really showing it here. Oh. It's a That's decent, it. it's like, a. it looks like it's a centimeter tall from that angle shot. At of least course, it doesn't have a fan. Well, and all the other uh, Gen 5 drives I've seen so far had fans. Yep. What's weird about the fan thing is there should be enough air movement at that part of the motherboard with any regular GPU that has fans oh. also, right? Like you're already moving air around down there. If you go full water cooled, then maybe you need to start talking about some sort of movement. But again, how often are you pe- how how long are you pegging the SSD for where you're drawing like ten watts? I just remembered I have one. Keep it up. So Sebastian oh, uh, just has. Well, pop open that box. I'm gonna I'm gonna see how thick it is. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Was not ready for this. Let me switch to my camera here. For is a it bigger than you expected? It's it, okay. <laughs> so chunky. <laughs> uh, so <sighs> this this I opened up the packaging. I'm like, oh, this is just a regular SSD. What's yeah. the big deal? Yeah, look at that. And I'm going to take it out. It has hidden depths. Oh, it, my. It's uh, a huge, that's more huge, than a centimeter. huge tracks of heatsink. Thicker than I expected. This is a good inch tall. Is it, is it as least tall a, as it is uh, wide? That's yeah, at least I would as big so. as your it's, finger. It's, uh, yeah, it's like a cube. It's tapered, so it's, though. Can you see the taper? Ooh. Uh-huh. So, so no heat pipes. So you can it. more easily insert it. Oh, that was a good shot. So it's following the M. This following the M. Dot two forty two forty two eighty standard, where you're, you know, or twenty two, where you're twenty two wide and twenty two tall. Yeah, and I also like the fact that uh, the heatsink is spread out in such a way that you could probably insert more metal in there if you needed to cool it faster. I just need to put one of those Noctua coolers on it. So, oh, I guarantee you, Noctua is working on this. But as Al oh, says, it's to. keeping the NAND cooler than it needs to be. So he, listen, even if that thing is even if the thing is operating more just a, a fact that it's a decent amount of thermal mass, right? Even with no air moving over it, for any type of typical burst storage usage, like typical kind of usage, like you, you know, maybe you write uh, you know, you copy something big over fifty gig, hundred gig, something like that, but it's still if you're going full speed, it's only gonna take it you know, a few dozen seconds or so, right? So there's enough mass in that heat sink where it doesn't matter if air is moving over it. It's going to be able to absorb that and not thermal throttle, mm-hmm. right? Unless um, I have two and I'm doing like a full drive transfer from one to the other at Gen 5 speeds. Well, then it's going to get kind of hot. Well, no, I don't know. I don't know that it would. With when that, you do large transfers, do you yell at the computer, take it, take it all? Well, if you do that, you're helping faster, to cool the faster. with your breath. Oh, okay. Yeah. Across the thing. Yeah. It's, that's another reason that see this is there's there's the endless debate, up yes. on the desk, down below the desk. Where do you put your right. PC? 
You're warming oh, up God. on the desk, right? You can't. Right. So you your can't shouting yell. helps to move airflow. Yes. If you shout at hard drives, it hurts performance. Right? That slows performance. Oh, because of the vibrations, shout, right? If you shout at your M.2 SSDs, as long as there's a heat spreader or heat sink thing on it, it actually improves performance. See, this is why you watch the PC Perspective podcast. Who else should, is talking write about that. this? It's one of you guys should write that article so you could do yeah. testing. I need to see more technical data on this. I think someone yeah. should write a, a, a paper regarding the effects of shouting, shouting. airflow on... Uh, <laughs> You have to have a high airflow case or an open test bed. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just a given. There you if go. If it's Reasons a totally enclosed case, bed. shouting will oh, be no. a little. No, I want a, I want a tube that I can just blow on hmm. that directs my air right, right through. Towards you want a little hole yeah. through the heat spreader that you can have a exactly. Have a you want into. full penetration into yeah. the enclosure is what you're saying. Right. In fact, I would like to spread out across all of the NAND chips. Mm-hmm. And maybe little uh, holes on the side so that I can pick which ones get. Well, if you, uh, if you if you want airflow, just put that tube to my kid's mouth as he's playing Valorant. Is there a lot of trash talking going on? Oh, Actually, you could power. Here's here's the power. funny thing about. Here's the funny thing about the heat spreader without a lot of airflow, like pulling it down to ambient. That actually helps, like just having a heat spreader, because then while it's active, the controller gets hot. Sort of means you could be doing writing at the time, right? What happens? The heat, the tra- heat transfers from the controller across the heat spreader to the NAND and to the NAND. while you're doing the writing. Yep. When you want it to do you remember more, when Samsung right? had the, the copper strip to help yep. maintain they put it on, they that? They put it on both sides. They had a copper label on both sides of the drive. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it made the drives look nice, too. And they feel great. You could skip them across the like so nicely. So smooth. Oh, it just, yeah. All right. Uh, Let's talk about the next news story. We were talking about cooling, SSDs, Noctua needs to get in the game. Well, here's one game they're in, obviously, CPU cooling. But look at this. There's no D16 yet, but they're talking about a second-gen D15 that will come out in the second quarter of 2024. I think that name is not final. This Maybe this is the D16, then. It might be. It looks like about two kilos is what it does. Is that like a Klingon Battlecruiser? It's very interesting. They've gone up to... It looks like it's got seven heat pipes now as opposed mm-hmm. to the old six yeah. and this is probably the first we've seen of them using those uh the sterox blades sterox blades that are um so important to the nfaa 12s but they've got these those sterox blades on uh, a 140 now and they've been working on that for ages so that, that's very yeah. interesting. It's able to move air at a higher pressure, so then they added some extra chunk to the uh, to the heatsink part. I like the conclusion here talking about pricing. Previous editions, such as the D14 and D15, retailed for $89 and $99. Therefore, the second generation NHD15 could debut with a similar price tag. Nah, that is flawless higher. logic. Let's see. Hmm. Bigger, yeah, $99.99. Faster. Inflation. More cooling. Better cooling. Yeah. Like they were claiming like a three to four degree temperature drop just for this one. Last one. 90. Eh, I don't I know guess. if they go that high. You're getting into 90? the, for 139, mm-hmm. you're getting into the server, um, the server cooler territory. Yeah. And the, the crappy rods too, the all in ones. I don't know. We shall see. You know, uh, we've talked on this podcast a lot about the, Kind of rid- at this point, it's kind of ridiculous that everybody's still on gigabit. And I know Josh doesn't believe that anything faster than gigabit networking at home is necessary. But 
Uh, well, maybe for Alan with his 5.5. Yeah. yeah, when you're moving stuff around the network, when you've got data online, you want more than a gigabit because you're stuck at like 110 megabytes per second for transfer speeds. I, I do have 10 gigabit, but I normally don't use it that much because I've made it so that everything that needs to move around is all within the same racks, like in oh, the same okay. location. Okay, so that's faster so, anyway. Yeah. Oh, interconnects are much better. But real tech, oh, yeah. real tech, because we, we have 2.5 gig stuff and the, the switches are starting to get really cheap finally. And more and more routers are, you know, have at least one 2.5 port, whatever good that does. But uh, real tech, they want to change that. They want you to put a card. I'm hoping that this will not just be like an expansion card that'll start to appear in more motherboards, but they want to take consumer Ethernet speeds to a new level later this year. This is an article at Tech Power Up. Five gigabit per second. Forget two point five and ten. There was there was something missing. The missing link. If only there was already a new level that was like ten years old. I know. More than a decade ago, we had ten gigabit. But sorry, the, it's yeah, too it's, hot. It's too power hungry. <laughs> it's too expensive. Yeah. They bring up the fact that this is lower power, lower heat. Hey, it's half the transfer speed. Takes up half the power. I don't know if it's linear like that, but. Five dollars yeah. or less is the expectation for the chip. And what is it? it it's USB C, so it's not like a LOM or anything. Yeah, I mean these pictures, it's prototypes. PCI three Because yeah. you know what, Native my controller. favorite Ethernet adapters are, have always been historically USB Ethernet adapters. Really, they <laughs> always work perfectly. Are you being sarcastic, Jeremy? Yeah, maybe even salty. <laughs> if you can find the specific ones that work on like Linux out of the box, oh yeah, like, yeah those are fair. Then you buy, yeah, then fair. you buy five of those. You put them in your drawer and, and you save them for later. Yes, because hey, they'll also work with no. television. Yeah, because you can get like oh. the the gigabit. Because most TVs only come with like hundred megabit. Yeah. Yep. And so if you want it not on the wireless and you want to upgrade, like as long as some, you have to check like compatibility and stuff, but some TVs you could just plug in a USB like gigabit. That's pretty adapter. fascinating. I have not thought about this. Yeah, that's a thing. This is going to end up being marketed as basically 5G and it's going to cause confusion. So the best thing about that is that uh, that 5G will fit into your USB-C Ooh. on your phone. Ooh. So you can Could instantly upgrade? upgrade your phone What if I don't 5G. have 5G? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so have 5G and 5G. <laughs> I wonder so if you have a phone, if you have a phone with USB-C, but that does not natively have 5G. <laughs> you can buy one of these. Just yeah, and then the external antenna, I could just run it up my arm. Power as your SOC. My hat. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. That story was a rousing success. Oh, this I loved this story. Asus, everybody's favorite brand these days. But, you know, okay, do you remember AGP Pro? Yes. And it I wasn't... It on like, Gigabyte board. Yeah, it wasn't a faster yep. interface. It had... It's more supplied, power. More, yeah, more power. Yep. Asus just figured that out. Hey, like, wait a minute. What if we made, like, a PCI Express Pro? They have a RTX 4070 at Computex with a, an added... No power. Power slot. Where's the picture here? It's like, here's the extra slot for power at the end past where like the um retention clip would be and there I it is i hope they have a better unlocking mechanism than just try to fit your finger in yeah, that would really no suck. it was I, I was looking for that it's the same 
Asus has that button to unlock the graphics card from the other side of the board on certain boards. Oh, that's true. Inclu- okay, we'll scroll up because there is a strange-looking plastic thing on that picture. Yeah. There you go. Take a look. See that there's thing? The, lock. the tough gaming? Yeah. I wonder oh, if that's okay, attached. There's your lock. This one doesn't seem to have the button, though. I've talked to them about this. Like, is this... Okay. Is there a button? Yeah, it needs I'm to be still... done in software. Like, just click a button, you know, in the BIOS and unlock your graphics. <laughs> in <stuff>. software? <laughs> yeah. Hear a big solenoid click over on the on the motherboard. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. With all the power ports on the back of the motherboard. Back. Yeah, that's that's that exists and outside SATA. of this project, yep. but yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah, because that's got its own got case, SATA and they're trying and to be super clean. And something else on the back. DIY ape USB. Yeah, all on the back. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Interesting. 12 huh. volt high where is the 12 volt high power somewhere on there that would be great you only it's have the, to have two inch long motherboard standoffs to uh plug your usb there's there's a holes in the back of the case that match yeah, yeah special cutouts yeah yeah, yeah. well i, mean, I like you the idea stack just, a bunch of the standoffs in. together until they're tall enough oh that's a good idea just screw them together and change <laughs> a day or so ago the big story in the tech world like the big mainstream media tech world was that nvidia had become a trillion dollar company yeah now that For didn't last yeah that didn't last because they they had to trade over basically 405 dollars a share and it's down to like i don't know 385 or something now so they're not they're a 900 billion dollar company well for a while yeah but are they except by on paper i know it's market valuation let's look at their current stock price you can speculate on NVIDIA stock and the future, or AI future, right now. Oh, live. that looks nasty. Yeah, it dropped Boy, a little that was bit. A drop. 6%. So, that I mean, old Jensen's feeling that one. They are riding AI. I are, I don't feel like this is any harder than they rode blockchain, though. Like, remember when every company it was harnessing the power, leveraging the power of the blockchain? Yes. Everything was going to use blockchain. Nobody knows what blockchain is, but everything's going to use blockchain. Yeah, but the AI thing everything's going to use AI. Something. Yeah, exactly. And no one knows Alan what AI is, right. is but <laughs> the AI, the AI thing actually accomplishes something as opposed to like no. maybe not accurately. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no, it'll like make stuff that, up. Uh, might have seven what, fingers. Uh, Adventure Time. I have knowledge. I have approximate knowledge of many things. Many things. <laughs> Except much faster. Much. And, much and faster. that and that knowledge only exists as a snapshot from 2019. Mm-hmm. By the way, so don't ask me about like what the weather's going to do next year because you'll get a 2020 answer. That's wrong. But the thing is, like all this technology stuff, right? It's gonna it's gonna scale. Things that started at data center only, give it a few years, you'll have like your phone yeah. doing machine learning on current events, like based on what you asked about, instead of like it. It'll be like you know, meta crawler AI <laughs> on your phone. Hey, remember, yeah, like, Jensen you know, said, ask Jeeves, the data ask center. Jeeves the AI. Ask, ask Jeeves, but it's actually going to be Jeeves, right? You know, <laughs> the, the, the data center is now the computer. That, that's not yeah. inaccurate because everybody's using yeah. a you know, connected device that's harnessing that power that's leveraging the data center. Yeah. It's, it's just that be- over time, like, yeah. you know, like w- Wendell from Level 1 Techs is mm-hmm. like, he's got a system in his office just sitting there crunching away like doing machine learning stuff yep on his own he just wants his own data set 
It's, it's, it's already a thing that you can have on your own workstation system. It oh, oh yeah. Be, you know, as long yeah, as you're willing to limit the data set to something smaller, right? Well, that's that's my daytime job is we do edge AI. Uh, well, yeah. edge machine learning on on uh, uh, animals hitting wind turbines. So instead of having an intern go over eight hours of, of video that takes like still four hours to do something halfway accurately, we just throw AI at it on the edge at these uh, files that we've saved from cameras, thermal and spectral, and uh, figure out, you know, what kind of animals are, uh, are hitting wind turbines, bats, birds, whatever. Has anyone spotted Short range a, uh, launched children. Uh, well, fair. Has anyone seen yeah. a moose hit one yet? No, we uh, we originally did the study and we called it Angry Birds because we launched things <laughs> at the wind turbines and trying to hit turbines is a lot harder than you think. The thing that the thing that tends to interest me about this is I my brain keeps coming back to a scene from a movie uh, about like all this AI stuff happening. Like what was it, like over ten years ago now? What was that movie? A her? It was like an AI movie. I think it was. Scarlett yes, Johansson it's with uh, the Phoenix Kid. Joaquin. Yeah, yeah, right. There's Goes that. This whole the, movie uh, and the premise was that like there was an AI thing. You installed this operating system and like you know, and then eventually it just led to them having uh, conversion. They huddled all the AIs huddled and like they went off and they were their own race by the end of the movie or whatever. Yeah. But like, but at the beginning, that this one scene keeps coming back to me with all this AI stuff coming up because like we're probably pretty close to the point where you have some assistant thing, and the scene from the movie was. Oh, I went through when I sorted all of your email for you and I picked out the actual important things. And I just went through and the guy had like, you know, tens of thousands of things in his mailbox that he like he didn't even bother reading at that point. Right. And this thing in a couple of seconds just ripped through all of it, figured out intelligently what was actually important, you know, based on the right context of the person and all that stuff. Right. And like that, that sort of that that stuff can happen pretty soon. Probably. Mm-hmm. Are right? you like, saying but, that Microsoft hotmail or whatever they call it today, isn't already doing that? Well, they try to do it for like filtering spam and trying to do other, it, you know, same as I've got, I've got oh, well, focused already, and then everything. Yeah. yeah. There's and focused, focused is garbage. Yeah. But yeah. that's my it's, point. It's not, you know, is that you trust the AI to filter your email. And yes, it will go through tens of thousands in no time at all and come up with some important ones. But ooh, well, the one that was focused for me is I would be happy to welcome you online on the dating website because I searched for a dude like you. Yeah, like, so, like I want the thing. Right. I want the thing that's not. Focusing I want the thing that's sucks. not necessarily in the yeah. cloud doing it. I want it where the compute is better enough at the edge at the at your edge where you can have the thing tailored to you that's not sharing your information with everybody else on the planet at the same time as it's yeah. like, you know, and then you do some sort of interactive thing, like when you're working with ChatGPT for something where you can sort of refine what the task is over time. Like you can just go through your email and just over voice be like, hey, you know, it, it comes up with things that it thinks are important. You can weed it out a little bit and it'll learn from that and then it'll refine the search and yeah. refine, you know, and then within like 20 minutes or something, you could have paired your, you know, tens of thousands or hundred thousand emails down to like a few dozen 
that actually mattered to right. you, right? And and then it learned from that, and now in the future, it's just going off of that training, right? Like that's the kind of I thing. Believe I believe I wore really the cool correct right. shirt for this discussion tonight. Yeah, I think you might have. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I was going to say this. The other movie that comes to mind is uh, <laughs> which is very like appropriate since I, I work for I work for a company called Solid Dime. So it's a, yes, they're one of the triumvirate. I we're just running around right now. I wonder when AI. God, we're, just, we're just tempting fate, aren't we, with these names? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to go and take fiction. some Soma. <clears throat> <laughs> Science fiction always inspires all of these things. All right. So, Dragon Canna, Soylent. Soylent. Yes. It doesn't surprise uh, me that everybody is leaning into this AI thing like seriously. I mean, they've yeah. been leaning into it for a long time now, probably ahead yep. of their time back at the beginning. Hey, Josh, what uh, kind of uh, hardware do you guys run to do your inferencing? Um, NVIDIA. RTX 4070 uh, and a uh, AMD uh, 5800X 3D. Oh, really? And these it's are at, super, these are at it's edges, super low right? power. For those two yeah. together to do what they're doing, and it because yeah. they're they're sitting in the base of a turbine, and it's about ninety degrees in there, and both of them are just kind of sipping power. So it's it's been working great. Are there like bunches of these, or just like a few? No, this is just a test run. Mm. When we are thinking about other projects in in more extreme areas and we'll be getting a uh, more ruggedized uh, setup arm because right now it's just in a a high ventilation gaming case Mm -hmm. (laughs) it looks really weird and out of place in the bottom of a wind turbine josh figured out a way to build gaming pcs for his day job yeah exactly (laughs) trust me guys (laughs) you need the three i did you need the 3d we we had a we had one of our guys in in minnesota go down to micro center as i ordered all the parts and they assembled (laughs) it there all those hard guys like wow this is a really solid build man you're gonna go gaming on this he's like no the real version of angry birds yeah yeah But this no, explains a lot of weird things that have happened in video games where you're just sort of wandering through a post-apocalyptic world and, and you enter into a windmill and suddenly you find this bright, shiny object that obviously you need to pick up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Josh has just dropped some loot for uh, a future generation. Yep. There's going to be a gaming PC at the base of the windmill playing Angry Birds. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, just talking about obviously NVIDIA and running NVIDIA on like an AMD platform. You know, Intel has never been less relevant than they are right now in this AI generation, right? I mean, what if there was a time, a world, where Intel never existed at all, where NVIDIA made CPUs? Well, NVIDIA MGX is real. Is real? I mean, there were some of them on the... There were some of them at Computex on the show floor, so... Israel, what? Uh, sorry, I was going to tell Matt Hatter that if it was uh, Logan's run, I wouldn't have to worry about it. So mm. can't really pick that future. No, so MGX is a new open server spec for certain values of open. But NVIDIA sort of figured out that, you know, the old rack mounts were, you know, we're talking 30, 40-year-old designs. They were not built for what we're running, let alone HPC cards. So their idea is to kind of come up with a modular design 
which is specifically designed, surprisingly enough, for their uh, high-performance computing cards. Because, I mean, you're NVIDIA, why wouldn't you do this? But the thing is, they've got just about everyone to sign on for it because it makes a fair amount of sense. We need to redesign how rack mounts are done. Uh, what used to be an entire site takes up an entire rack to now we can share multiple sites across a single uh, U on a rack. Why shouldn't you sort of redesign how these things are done? And so that sort of seems to be what they're pushing with it. And it, it, it actually looks kind of interesting. It makes a lot of sense. And I mean, just about everyone but Supermicro, I think, has signed up for them. I think it's a relatively decent idea. So yeah. it was uh, Acerock, uh, Asus, Gigabyte, Pegatron, QC, well, obviously, QCT, and oh, and Supermicro did uh, sign on for them. All of them have customers. It's it's an interesting idea, and it will let them do some more inventive things in the server room than we've seen in a while. Because honestly, server rooms have gotten kind of boring. You walk in, and they almost all look the same. So hey, let's let's spiff them up a bit. Let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. As a software engineer, it's not always straightforward to find just the right place to practice your craft. People like us can often find it difficult to settle into just the right role for our careers. Well, consider Bloomberg. They're out there working to build a top-notch information network for financial professionals, and they're looking for engineers to join their team. Personally, I know that I've always wanted to work on challenging projects that had real impact on actual shipping products and services, but sometimes that has just not worked out. While I've not yet worked for Bloomberg, they're forward-looking and are building tools their clients will come to rely on for systems that matter in solving real-world complex problems across global capital markets. They're working in real-time market and enterprise data with sophisticated analytics that are touched by over 350,000 financial professionals. Bloomberg systems operate at tremendous scale with over 300 billion, yes, B is in billion, market messages daily. So many of you will already be up to speed on the majority of Bloomberg software as it's built in C++, JavaScript, and Python. So you're obviously not going to get locked into a proprietary shop as Bloomberg's engineers are active members of the open source community in both leveraging and making commits back to many projects. Learn more about the opportunities that await you by visiting Bloomberg.com careers. That's Bloomberg.com careers. We're back from our break, uh -huh. and we are going to yeah. talk to our guest, Alan, and the rest of the podcast panel here about a very important issue affecting everybody in the PC hardware space. Obviously, the biggest topic of 2023 has been VRAM. And oh, I was, I was going to think it was pharmacology and blue pills. No, I thought no, no. it was tooth decay. PC hardware. VRAM. Oh, was it the right. blue pill or the red pill? Everyone knows. Sort of a purple. That the Little? answer is to just put all of the VRAM, copious amounts of VRAM on the GPU, just all the memory on the GPU, and then the GPU has to store all of the textures. And it's like, I was thinking about this earlier today and talking to Alan about this. Because if only there was a thing that could load stuff into the VRAM on yeah, the fly. Storage, storage can, is, is the answer. Storage can save gaming in 2023. We don't need all the VRAM on the GPUs. Oh, Sebastian, nice. you've talked about Optane enough. It's it's not Optane. Did, it's not Optane. Remember this direct storage Whatever happened thing? to AMD attaching storage to their graphics cards? Uh, well, that, no, that, well, was, well, that was a thing, too. That was a thing, too. It's different things have been tried, but we had this standard called direct storage. And so far, as many as one titles have adopted it. <laughs> and think one about... Whole titles. 
Think about the PlayStation 5. This thing was announced, and they, they were talking in sort of these mysterious terms about how the storage was actually the star. That it was, and Alan was just salivating, like, yes, storage. Like, this ultra-fast SSD is mm-hmm. the future. High-resolution textures being loaded in off the ssd in real time you get closer to the wall boom 8k texture like yes yes and they set up everything they set up everything in the chain so that there was no bottleneck beyond like five and a half gig per second right the ssd remember that number this is a very important number one five and a half everything went five and a half end to end and it was able to stream that stuff on the fly like as you were literally as you were turning in the game it could load stuff before you even were facing the other direction Right. If only Carmack had this for and then, rage. So, so that happened like, oh, what? It was like it, it was like early. Well, Carmack tried to do it with rage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, tried. Honor, honorable honorable mention to him. And that was like 10 years prior, by the way, when rage came out. The first one, at least the second one kind of did it better. And that was only a few I years. I never ago. even looked at it. Yeah, there was a second one. It's just it took like I got it for years sale for like five bucks. I've never. <laughs> yeah. It. it just kind of like came out. I was like, oh, here's the second yeah. one. Eh. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, so, humans once again chose VHS over Betamax. Well, that PS5 talk happened in like what uh, March or something of 2020, and then also in the same month, all Microsoft is like, "Hey, me too, Xbox Direct Storage, right, guys?" You know, like the, literally <laughs> the same, like within a few days, right? Um, and then yeah, but oh, they're all on the same base hardware. Yeah. So and, how and hard then, can it be? Right, right. And then, well, it's a bunch of OS stuff you got to do, but you know, yeah. fair enough. And then like six months later, oh, hey, it's coming to PC. Okay, cool. That was 2020. Right? And they're already up to like direct storage, what, 1.2? 1.2, yeah. Or Which one, nobody's even utilizing. Yeah, it was 1.1, one and... came out a few months ago, and then 1.2 is like even adding support for like SATA and hard drive and stuff like that. <sighs> um, but, ugh. Okay, so yes, adoption kind of sucks, um, and that's that's bad, right? That's bad for gaming because yeah, the, the Sebastian's point: if only you had more games using it, this VRAM uh, thing, kerfuffle, whatever you want to call it for Nvidia right now, would be less of an issue, right? Because games could just be streaming the stuff on the fly. You don't necessarily need to put fit the whole level uh, or all of the textures that you need to see at any given moment in the GPU VRAM all at the same time. You wouldn't right. even need a super expensive graphics card because some of the cost is driven by the, the you know, parent rising costs of, you know, memory for yeah. them. This high bandwidth memory that they use, the GDDR6 and 6X. Yeah. But PS5 is able to share 16 gig across the OS, the game, and the GPU memory and yeah. do all of that because, in part, it's streaming the stuff on the fly. And I, I love from, the fact that the they system. have identified, like, the weakest link. Like, the bottleneck would be somewhere around five and a half gigabytes per second. Yeah. And then everything just targets that so that there is no bottleneck. Everything's just humming along, storage, memory. And and here's something very interesting that I did not know about before uh, yeah. talking to I put a, about I put a link. I put a link in the notes just now to okay. a Tom's article, which you should pull up and go to the first table. Okay, it's, it's, it's fascinating to understand this. I'm going to blow a you guys' minds within graphics cards themselves that prevent them from being more efficient at loading textures, and it's 
Yep, go to the table. Scroll down a little bit. Okay. Let's let's do let's do a brief walk. Follow me if you will as we walk through uh performance. Look at that arc seven seventy performance. Yeah, so this <laughs> article was intended to show that ARC was able to go faster than AMD and NVIDIA at uh, GPU accelerated texture decompression, right? So kudos to Tom's for doing this testing and posting these numbers. But there is something else we can glean from these numbers that's very relevant to that five and a half gig per second that we just talked about. Uh, all of these numbers are only showing the rate of the output of the of the textures in other words after the texture decompression happens right mm -hmm. um gpu textures are compressed at roughly a three to one ratio okay so if you look on the right side of this chart you see sata does about a half a gig per second all of the texture outputs are about one and a half gig per second right so there's your 3x from that number right now if you go to the next column to gen 3 PCI, which goes four gig per second. So that's eight times what SATA was doing, right? And those texture rates are all approximately 8x when you go from SATA to PCI 3.0, when you go from the right column to the middle column there, except for the bottom line, which is the CPU doing decompression. And it does not scale the same way because the CPU becomes the bottleneck at that point. Right. So beyond that point, it doesn't matter. You're still stuck at 5.2 gig per second output, even if you go to Gen 4. Like you're just not going to go any faster unless you're doing GPU texture decompression. Now, when you go from the middle column to the left column, it's 4 gig per second versus 8 gig per second as far as the SSD is concerned. But those output numbers are not doubling. You're going from like 13.9 to 16.8 on the arc. Right on the on the RTX forty eighty, you're going from twelve point seven to fifteen point three. It's basically like twenty to thirty percent uplift going from Gen three to Gen four. It's not a hundred percent increase as you would expect just by looking at the SSD throughput. So what does that tell us? Bottlenecks not on the SSD anymore, right? Bottlenecks on the GPU. And if you take those roughly fifteen sixteen gig per second output throughputs and you divide by three to get back to what the storage bandwidth is, you get five and a half gig per second. So lo and behold, the GPU hardware can only accept texture streams to decompress accelerated at an input of five and a half gig per second. So it doesn't matter how much faster your SSD is beyond that number if you are buying it for direct storage stuff. Yeah. So basically, you're 80% you're of the way there with a, a, like a good Gen three SSD, even if you if you still have one lying around, like you know, decent high end one, right? Or a Gen four drive, it's not even going to saturate Gen four as fast as direct storage can go, at least on current graphics hardware. Sounds like it's time for an ASIC in the middle of a GPU. Well, there it, there yeah, already is, there already is one. It's an IP block on. It's part of the hardware. It's part of the die, right? It's in there somewhere. It's just that it's rate limited. At about that speed because you know i'm sure they could make it go faster but somebody did it initially probably amd for this ps5 like console thing right nvidia probably followed suit but did they necessarily need to like mop up the floor with amd's number probably not because they probably determined that around that five and a half gig per second point was your point of diminishing returns for probably some other reasons right why throw a bunch yeah, of i'll tell you my point of diminishing returns was like 25 26 well 
You made it that it's, far. It's, it's the same sort of concept as the part of the GPU that's able to do transcoding, right? When you're doing transcoding, yeah. there's some silicon dedicated for that task. There might be multiple transcoding engines, some some multiple of them on, you know, for different SKUs or whatever. But, right, each one is only going to go so fast. So you can transcode a video at about the same speed on, like, a 3090 versus a 3060, for example, right? It's the transcode speed is roughly the same because it's just that silicon only goes so fast. So same sort of deal for the texture decompression engines on at least all of the current gen GPU stuff, right? Maybe next well, gen. What, what about Apple? What about Apple? Are they limited in this way? You know, Thanks, they have all Brett. that all that fast memory in a big pool. I don't even know what their hardware accelerated texture decompression speed is. Somebody would have to like test it. Yeah, it'd be a fascinating yeah. topic. For the elite. All I know is I want to reload Rage and run the benchmark <laughs> and just look around and see if things pop, pop. like it used to. See if things pop, pop. in. Yeah. <laughs> so, spe- speaking of the popping in, that's another point is that uh, game developers, when they start to finally adopt direct storage, right? Do you think they're going to tune only for that five and a half? gig per second number or are they going to tune for maybe some other minimum set by microsoft or some other guidance right yeah. i've seen i've seen numbers floating around like two and a half or three gig per second as like the expected minimum speed oh. from from an ssd used for direct storage so if a Dude, developer that's still is, stinking fast it's still stinking fast I'm considering sorry. you're doing you're doing like a bunch of you're reading from a bunch with, of different areas at the same time yeah with and yeah. texture data that it's it's still yeah pretty damn fast well, the, the reason direct storage is able to even go big that textures high, are not that big. Okay, right. they can be, no, but forty ninety six, yeah. right? Like the, there's a rule of thumb that's like you know thirty two k or something. Like the direct storage guidance was like an SSD should be able to do high queue depth random reads of thirty two k transfer size, you know, on multiple threads at high queue depth all at the same time. And the reason they want you to test that way to sort of get a baseline for how fast the SSD can go at that that sort of workload is because the direct storage workload is doing that sort of thing, right? Like direct storage API expects the game engine to just ask for everything it needs in one go. Like, hey, what's what all do you want right now? And it expects like multiple gigabytes even in a single request potentially, right? And the way that it's able to turn around and, and service them so quickly and get the SSD to actually go full speed is because it takes that request and breaks it up into all the smaller requests that need to go out and it issues them almost all at once to the SSD. It basically throws, like I've seen over Q-Depth 200 instantaneous, you know, Q-Depth to an SSD in, when you when it like responds to a direct storage call. So it's basically making the SSD just give it all she can, right? Um, oh, well, the the biggest chunk is all art assets because, you know, stuff like geometry and, and shading. Yeah. I mean, those are very, very small programs compared. Yeah. They're, they're small, but if you read them in the legacy way, you're going to read them much slower, right? Direct yeah. storage can get them in from a bunch of different areas in parallel. Well, we should send faster. them to that speed reader course. Well, there's there's other benefits. If you got to read them in um, chunks, man. When you when you do when you do the uh, GPU accelerated texture decompression, it turns from like five four to five mem copies to two. So in other words, you read the data from the SSD, it goes into memory, and then if you're not doing GPU accelerated, then it has to go through and like copy again multiple times over to different places in memory every time it's doing some other transformation of that of that data, right? Whereas if you're doing the GPU accelerated transcode, it's basically the one memory copy and then out across the bus 
to the GPU and the GPU takes care of all the other, you know, two or three remaining mem copies uh, as part of the decompression. And GPUs can do memory copies way faster than CPUs can, even with, you oh, know, gotcha. DDR5. It's just, it's not even a comparison, right? Um, so obviously offloading that to the GPU makes more sense. Again, that's another thing that direct storage enables, right? You have to have that, that OS changes to Windows to make that happen. Um, but again, at least on modern hardware, you're limited by that speed and developers are probably going to base, they're probably not going to shoot for just the 5.5 number. They're probably going to go for a slightly lower minimum to account for more possible SSDs giving you a good experience, right? Because they're not going to only optimize. Clearly, they're not going to only optimize for Gen 5 because nothing can even go that fast on the GPU side. I'm sorry. Right? I only buy SSDs for bad experiences. <laughs> <laughs> so that's well, why I've so, got so many... You know, Realtek or Jay's, who's the, who's the bad one? Jay Micron. Jay Micron. Jay Micron. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Don't if get it me isn't, on you know, it, I feel so much smoother when I'm surrounded by stutter. They got it better. Makes you look good. They got a little bit better. The Jay Micron SSD that had the USB port built into it. Oh, so the, that was brilliant. And the USB port throughput was about as latent, about the same latency as the SATA throughput to the same control anyway um <laughs> yeah so if the dev if the developer optimizes for a particular minimum speed and they make sure that the texture is loaded in time going whatever that you know for three four gig per second or something like that as long as they've done their job properly it doesn't matter how much faster the ssd goes right either the texture is loaded in time or it's not you know either it pops on the screen like like what josh was talking about with rage right um you know either it's there and pop or it pops in right and so one's a good experience the other one's bad so if you can get the good experience at even three gig per second again that you could have the game data sitting in a ram disk it's not gonna be a different experience at that beyond that point right it's either it's loaded in time or it's not we have so much high bandwidth uh available to us it seems like on modern platforms you've got ddr5 you've got fast ssds and yet Unless you have a GPU with 16 gigs of VRAM, there are certain games that are just not going to play smooth at certain settings, certain resolutions, because of the way that they're programmed, the way that they're accessing the data that they need. And yep. you're punished for having one of these like eight gig GPUs. And, and if, if direct storage had caught on more by this moment in time, that would be less of a problem. And what were you telling me about? Okay, the one game, the one game that you've seen any coverage about with Direct Storage is Forspoken. <laughs> there is only one game. It's Forspoken. There and is. What is it about Forspoken that's so ridiculous when it comes to Direct Storage? Okay, Ellen. so uh, Sebastian was complaining to me that he was doing some testing and noticing that there's almost no difference in performance when you because you can toggle Direct Storage on and off, and you can run this Forspoken, and then you have it. It even has a built-in benchmark that tries to load all of the level content, uh, and it gives you times. Right, or you can time it yourself. I forget exactly how the output works on that one, um, but uh, the developers of Forspoken decided that this would be the best time for them to optimize the non-direct storage method of loading the content. So, finally, after decades of waiting for these developers to do the storage thing better, to the point where Microsoft even had to make their own API to force the developers to do to, for this to be faster, the Forspoken devs made it faster anyway even without direct storage so if you're trying to use that as a as a evaluation tool and figure out i'm going to turn on and off direct storage and i'm going to see how much benefit there is it's almost no benefit 
because they're already doing the same kind of because it's the one game that it's the one game that they decided to optimize the storage and also but at the same time it seems like a thumb in the nose towards the direct storage api because they're like well we can make it that fast anyways I th- I think they kind of like well they probably took the initiative because presumably there would have been some conversation about hey you should implement direct storage here's why it yep. does all these things for you and the developer and probably some money oh oh if I just yes, ask for things Josh Josh oh, has yeah. it. And if, well there was probably some of that too right but the developer was probably while they're reading all this information about direct storage they would have seen oh if you issue the requests at a high queue depth and multiple things in parallel it goes faster oh Wait, okay QD one four K is slower yes. than yeah, yeah, yeah. 32 so, so they kind of you know so it, i don't think they were being nefarious i think they were just learning from the fact of hey this is how you make storage go faster direct storage is we already it. have okay, the infrastructure fine. for this yeah we can just yeah. we could just like we, we could just make it make it go that fast on our own anyway and uh, unfortunately it makes it a very poor comparison tool for you know on or off um you know, direct storage comparisons. Yeah. Also, it's a kind of a poor comparison tool for GPU decompression because it doesn't use it. No. Yeah, I was going to say uh, they've also made the GPU do things that uh, other games do not. But Forspoken doesn't use that. Forspoken doesn't use that part of direct storage. So even though it's the only thing that's out, that's a game that's released, it doesn't. If you want to test GPU decompression, you have to do what the Tom's Hardware piece did, and yeah. that's use the Microsoft provided benchmark tool yeah. that tests the end-to-end throughput of uh, the whole. You know. It's really that's on mm, GitHub. Yeah. So you can download that from GitHub. You can compile it yourself. You can run it. It's just a benchmark that tests, you know, end to end everything, right? The speed of the disk, the speed of the texture decompressor on the GPU, everything. There's a number of, there's a number of reasons why we didn't do like an official PC perspective direct storage test. I was just like looking at this stuff and like I've got to do yeah, this. You can't, and it's you one can't really game. derive. It's not, no, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Wait it's till it's actually right. adopted. I gotta I'm compile something. I'm sorry, that's too hard. I don't know how to well, do that. But honestly, you don't even need to compile that that test because you already have the results on the on the Tom's piece, so the numbers are already out. Yeah, there. that's right. Right, Tom's. Just, um, or you could be like Kent, and you have so much VRAM and so many GPUs, you just start putting them on your wall. <laughs> it's like, oh, this one has twelve. I'm putting it on the wall. It's just wall he's art. He's making now. his. He's making his wall go faster. How what how much VRAM is in your PC, your main gaming PC? Okay. Twenty four gigs. Twenty four, of course. Josh, and there's there's twenty four here Wait, behind that's me, waiting to go. Isn't that in. the thirty ninety or something? His wall has 40, more. Yeah, yeah. it's a forty ninety. You just have yeah, a forty ninety sitting around. He just has a forty ninety sitting on his. It's not even in frame. It's behind I, his chair. It's behind his head. Can you can you at least put it in frame? It seems like such a waste. Okay, why isn't that? Why isn't it in a system? You it's like one them? of the good because, ones too. Because everything I have is water cooled, and I have to tear a loop apart oh. and install it. And uh, that's my next project. Is getting Ken, there this are starving in. children who need that GPU, and it's just listen, on your wall. Listen. And I've also got it's 10 not, gigs of, of, of memory in my video card and my main machine. Same here. It's, it's also not plugged into anything because it doesn't fit. Oh, that's the real reason. <laughs> no, he's just afraid of melting it. That's why he hasn't yeah. plugged it in yet. Doesn't have the cables for it yet. What about you, Jeremy? How many how many gigs? He's just stalled. Yeah, I was taking away at people. Oh, okay. I was taking he's, away he's 16 gigs, right? Yeah, 6800 XT. 16 gigs. Okay, so yeah, yeah you're future-proofed. See, you're, yeah. What's a what's a thirty nine? What's a thirty ninety got on it? Twenty four. 
24. Okay. 24. I'm not, using, two I'm not using anywhere near what's on that card. You, I didn't buy it for the 24 gig of VRAM. You know, when this whole uh, discussion of eight gigs not being enough started, um, I actually had have a probably very unpopular opinion on this because people keep Ooh. talking about people keep talking about oh I don't want to buy a sixty series card and it not be future proof. Well, I got news for you: ninety cards aren't even future proof for more than two or three generations. Even What's if the last you had a card you bought, <laughs> even if you even if you had sixteen seven eight had a GTX. On, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if you had sixteen gigs of VRAM on one of these cards in three years, the processor on it's not going to be able to go fast enough to even need that. Um, and this was, you know, it, it was very strange to me because, you know, when I used to buy like a, 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 a my first NVIDIA card, I think was a 560 Ti. It had two, did it have two gigs or one and a half gigs of VRAM? But I bought that not expecting, hey, this thing's going to do me for, Years and years and years, um, I knew that, and I knew that I was not going to be able to turn up AAA games to their highest settings. And it seems like people are looking to buy low-end to mid-range cards and expecting to be able to crank the settings and have a great experience at max settings on ultra on everything, and it still be good for them for five years. And I know part of that has to do with the inflated cost on the new ones as well, but I still, it just seems like a, a, it seems like they're expecting too much from low and mid range cards to me for, for too long after the purchase as well. Well, Exactly. Exactly. I I agree with you when you're in the $200 territory. I don't think it's unreasonable for people to expect some longevity when they're spending $400 on a graphics card that is already obsolete for mid-range gaming and that's the market is mid-range yeah, for the it's obsolete series. today and really it's just a problem yeah. with branding and price the product itself is fine there's nothing wrong with the 4060 ti as an actual piece of hardware the problem is that it's 400 and it's called the ti hmm. it could be the 4050 ti for 199 and everybody would be fine with it like wow $200 and it's basically the same performance as the $400 card from from last gen that's fine that's really good actually they'd be excited about it there'd be a lot of like buzz around this product like man man this 50 ti i always liked the 50 ti 1050 ti was you know it's great to me and now this 4050 ti i can i can basically game at 1440 medium on that thing and that's that's eight gigabytes of memory is not that big of a deal to me because i'm saving money I bet the narr- the narrative would be a lot different if, it especially was. if you buy more. Because yeah. yeah, every you once know. in a while, every once in a while, Nvidia steps on a rake. It seems like it's just getting worse. It's it's they did they did cancel Stoy. the forty eighty twelve gig, Stoy. but it's just <laughs> the visual the visual pays off from the statement. That's okay, this is one right. rake. I didn't, um, I didn't say a dozen uh, rake. I have. I'm. I'm in Microsoft Paint right now. My favorite um, design tool, and I'm creating the solution to this entire problem. Do you have enough VRAM for that image? 
Yeah, well, it's it's a VRAM kind of a thing. Okay, so uh, I meant, do you have enough VRAM to store the MS Paint image? Just uh, I'm I'm compressing. Hold on, compressing. <laughs> uh, obviously, we need to uh, make the PCB green. Good. Okay, so uh, oh, here we go. Okay, so this is just a first first a uh, draft here. But uh-huh. okay, the, jo- the joy of Sebastian painting graphics cards. Oh my god, so dims. Yes, we need <laughs> oh, yeah. expandable memory on graphics cards. This is not a where's, new thing. I have an ATI it, graphics oh, card with. Oh, that's old school. With, you want so M.2 dim. on that? Or, well, you want M.2, not so dim. Let me add some SG RAM to that board. Oh, uh, if only this headset was wireless, I'd go down to the basement and grab the R32 with the with the. Yeah, the, yeah, I have uh, one of those too. Yeah, it's, yeah, with expansion. The, and there were what video you were cards saying earlier. Like that headset almost is wireless. It's trying to be. <laughs> it's just very frayed. Uh, it's, if I get up, it will be wireless. At some point in history, we were adding video memory to our graphics cards, and you could buy the little kit. And sometimes yep. you'd slotted it in. Like uh, there were certain like Matrox, I think cards had uh, various cards in history had some kind of video. Oh, memory. Cards what was the too. card with the daughter board on it? 3D Labs, the the no yeah. something like, uh, the it was a wasn't it a Voodoo or something 3000? No, no, I don't no it wasn't a Voodoo. It wasn't a Voodoo. It wasn't a Voodoo. It was like uh oh man, it's going way back. It was before you I hooked those up in parallel. You didn't add stuff to them. I can think of a glint card that, that I have that with one of MD these RAM. Huh? The that yeah, the, like the Lightspeed 128. I think that there it had a a secondary connector. That you yeah, could add another two and a half megabytes of MD RAM to. This was some other like, it might have been like a Matrox or something way back in the day. Yeah. A, I can, no, I, I can Matrox see Matrox would have done that. It was one. What was, what was the cards that had like the S3 Verge engine on them? It was. It was a card that came with a version of Mech Warrior Three optimized for it. Although I know that narrows it down to four the, different the brown brands of engines on Mech Warrior, you could three. add more yeah. memory too, as well, and the data card. Oh, what was that Diamond GPU? Because I'm pretty sure it was a Diamond GPU with the. It was di- it was Diamond. It was Diamond Multimedia. I've got one in my hand. Stealth Diamond Stealth 3D 3000. Well, here's another one, and this I don't have the expansion on it, but this is a Diamond uh, Stealth you 64 have two- video. VRAM PCI. It doesn't have the expansion on it right now, but you see these slots yeah. here? Or these, anyway, yeah. you would put yep. a board on it, double your VRAM. Yep. And there's a lot of examples ver- of stuff like this, and then I, ha- I can't find it right now, but there's an ATI card that just had like a regular like SODIM slot on the back of they it. Didn't really, they didn't really... I don't think they sold the expansion board. You just had to buy the other version of it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like the, the higher tier just came with that board on it, but I don't think you, you can just like upgrade it. I don't think. Well, the ATI know, one, you certainly could. Yeah, the ATI one, you, I don't think the Diamond one, you could. It was a different product ID that just had the extra board on it. And, I mean, but then I don't think consumers would like it very much if they were like, yeah, yeah, I've got this new card and it's got a slot and I can add more GDDR6. And you look at GDDR6 pricing for one of these modules. Oh, come on. Back in our day, we edited XM386 to decide whether we're doing extended or expanded RAM. Oh, God. Your, your, and add your, a daughter card. Oh, come on, that's easy. So, so the S three version. 
could you, you yeah you just bought chips and you threw them into the brown oh that was oh, a different yeah yeah here let me let me okay, if you go this. that far back yeah that wasn't the extra dim with the or sorry the extra curd on top yeah like the sip, yeah no it, the it's sip, the, it's uh, the brown slots that you and i just posted yeah. that in our yeah uh, i mean if you go far enough back to like the 386 era there were graphics cards that just had like the little you know industry standard memory chips and you could re you could populate yep um yeah man so, never said oh it was, that me- it was back mech- in those days was it, fun it was mech warrior 2 was like the the rosetta stone of compatibility with all of there the different is. kinds of gpus at the time right like it was a different version of the game it was a different cd that you needed to install from but there was like it had they had one for 3d effects they had one for like power vr s3 verge like yes, ATI. They did. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was like there was like five different each. versions of that same game right so viewers at home they're looking at this card in confusion the big <laughs> brown slots came empty yep but you could buy add-in chips to give your card yeah. extra memory and I think that one came and it was after very the one with the daughter do. card. Look, yeah, it's got it even an MPEG connector for when you wanted to decode video. You bought the video decode yep. daughter board. That one was from yep. 96. And you totally yeah. paid for the codecs that you used, too. Yeah, because the one that had the expansion card was like made in 94. So that card says 96 on it. So a couple of years later, they made it so you could just like add the chips yep. in instead of having a daughter card. But you had to do them all, or else it didn't work. Well, I hope so. Uh, yeah, I found, I found one of the ATI it cards. Might not have been VGA. This is not. This is not the exact one, but no, that's a rage with one. Yeah, yeah I mean, but... I, this was not uncommon. The idea that you could buy some kind of industry standard, you know, fairly standard chip and add memory. Oh, good God! Is that a sodium slot? Yeah. I'm telling you, I have well, one somewhere it's, in the okay, it's, it's, here, it's not actually so dim. It's it is yeah. you. You actually have to use their type of SG oh, fair, but still, yeah, you, it was something that was available. You could order yeah. this from somewhere, but you wouldn't like the price tag. That was my point earlier. I don't think people would like to know how much it would cost them to buy eight gigabytes of GDDR6 in some kind of a package. <laughs> what I hey, almost as much as it does nowadays. <laughs> Well, the the other thing is the only way you're going to practically make that upgradable is if you have a rework station, like hot air station, to <laughs> resolder them yourself. Because no connector is going to pass GDDR6 through pins yes, correctly. That's kind of the problem is that the bandwidth got bigger and it doesn't really work that way, and the latency would probably be too high. And listen, we're we're in a day where even uh, you know DDR5 is significantly sensitive to having two dims on a channel versus yes. one for your speeds. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I saw Wendell's uh, saga with that, trying to get the full. Oh yeah, one ninety two. Yeah, good luck with AI that. System. So uh, much for quad yep. channel, eh? Shall we? So where are we on? at on, on on the podcast notes? I, I have no idea. We are uh, on. There was there was a Alan was thing other? thing Alan added oh, last thing before security. Speaking of, speaking of stepping on rakes. Okay, Western Digital. Uh, yeah. Remember Western Digital had that thing with their NAS drives and then they were all using shingled or some of the models were using shingled and like mm-hmm. people had like true NAS running and ZFS was completely barfing on, yeah, on shingled really drives. Yeah, drives Is this kind of like that years. HP thing with their SSDs where not quite they, they would brick but, themselves after, you know, like 16 uh, by 2 seconds? 
N- no, that was, a, power. That, was that, that was an actual bug. This is a thing that is intentional, or at least appears to be intentional. Yeah. So Western Digital has this. Well, thing that's called, why uh, he thought it was HP because they do that uh, yeah. intentionally yeah. on their printers. This isn't. This isn't as. Well, that was a bug that they didn't want to be there. This is something that somebody had to make, make a conscious decision to say yes to this or to implement this. So there's a thing called Western Digital Data Analytics, and it's like an extra layer of sort of an extra layer of smart data from a drive, right? So it's it's able to give you extra telemetry, extra you know stuff's going on about the drive, probably able to tell you better stuff about if uh, it thinks there's something's going wrong or something like that, right? Um, things that the smart limitations, uh, you know, w- would be less restrictive if you added your own standard. Well, Synology added support for that. So if you're running a Synology NAS and you have Western Digital Drives, it, I don't know if it defaults to on or off, but there's this, I think it defaults to on, where if it sees WD Drives, it'll turn on this analytics thing and it'll pull extra data. Well, wh- they decided, somebody in a room somewhere uh, decided, hey, what, sh- what things should we warn the user about? Oh, how about you know, okay, things that are making the drive fail, things that we want the user to replace the drive, like is important, like, you know, give them that extra information. Oh, uh, let's let's just slip in uh, when the warranty, when the power on hours matches the warranty period, let's just throw up a warning to the user. Hey, how you come know? you didn't include that in your new driver? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, if, <laughs> because if somebody asked me, I'd say no. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad. Like, first of all, it's it's a warning that pops up. Like, are you expecting that you're what you don't have faith in your in your own products once the warranty expires? Like, what's the deal? Like, that's the kind of message it sends, right? Like, I, that's why I would say no. I don't want even the perception that I lose faith in the product after the warranty period, right? Um, yes, the warranty period is there for warranty reasons, but it doesn't mean that the thing goes boom or starts complaining after that point, right? Well, that's what this data analytics thing is doing. Once you hit the power on hours that matches the like three-year warranty period, it pops up a warning. And so now you have a continuous warning for all of your drives in the array, assuming you put them all into service at the same time. Oh. Uh, and Oh my God, and this, this point, so reminds me of the Mighty Python skit where, you know, the guy's in for an interview and the, the, the interviewer yells, five, four, three, two, one, and the guy goes, <laughs> ah! Ah. Oh, do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So so now once you hit the three year point, you're stuck in this other dilemma. Either you have to desensitize yourself to the warning and just live with it and hope that no, no additional thing warns that you missed, because now every time you open the console, you're always seeing some warning in the corner of the Synology UI, right? Um, or if you had email notifications turned on, you're constantly gonna have this persistent warning for all of the drives from that point forward, right? And maybe some other warning doesn't send you an additional email, right? Because it's already in the warning state. So that's your that's option one. Option two is you go well, in and you What if your other off. option is you send a warning and then a link to buy it directly from the manufacturer? I mean, I'm sure and, that's and what that 10%, person, you know, you know. Yeah, well, there, code. There, was some, there, was a, there was a video, there was a video that recently went up, some YouTube guy that's like, a, you know, consults on some stuff that involved setting up Synology and asked for somebody and one of his customers had already ordered a new set of drives like because they saw the warning on all the drives so what they just immediately like oh I need uh, new drives right yeah like that must so have been his third day at the job 
Well, now you're just generating. Well, if it's somebody that doesn't know any better, right? That had somebody else set up the NAS for them. Uh, they're just seeing a warning, and what are they going to do? They're going to be proactive and potential. If they don't know any better, they're just going to order drives, right? Um, no, or the other until the Dell drives actually dies. I don't care about the warning. Sure, when it's dead, I'll RMA it. <laughs> sure, but you and I know better. But average Joe doesn't necessarily, right? Fair. Um, uh, so that's you know option one, which just doesn't seem great. Option two is if you do know enough to go in and turn off the WDDA feature, you'll still have smart, which should still warn you if something else happens, hopefully. But now you're having to disable the extra telemetry of the drive just to get rid of the stupid nag because you're, oh, by the way, your warranty's expired and we're just going to keep a warning up. So I don't know what Synology probably has the ability to kind of carve this out if they want to. Right. Um, I don't know if that's their, their plan or anything, but like, I, I bet you it's something they're thinking about. Right. Because it's, it's clearly ne leading to negative press right now. The more like this is the this is the point where the three years is running up or coming due uh, on people that bought the drives that had that extra analytics feature. So, you know, there was the, the post I linked. looks like one of the earliest mentions of it back in March. And then that video just happened the other day. So it's like it's just going to keep happening now, right? As more and more people on the newer drive model run up against three years and, and have, you know, have them in a Synology NAS, which is pulling this extra telemetry. I don't think it happens to you if you're just like using them in a regular, you know, any other type of solution. It's just because Synology's w was being fancier and more feature rich with their, you know, with their software. To, to pull this extra, you know, extra information from the WD drives, but can't really fault them. Like it's an extra feature. Why wouldn't they employ that? You know, it's kind of Synology's thing. They're pretty good with that. Um, so I don't really blame them. Uh, and it's a, and it's a part, it's like it's baked into the firmware on the WD drive. So unless WD issues a firmware to carve this out or Synology has to on their own sort of ma make an exception in their, you know, maybe add a little checkbox to like turn off the, warranty uh yeah stupid thing so that way you can still get the other warnings from that extra telemetry right you don't want to just give that up but also at the same time you don't want a a warning constantly in the ui it doesn't seem very right. smart no no mm -hmm. no it doesn't it was probably somebody that you know in wsd's defense probably somebody that didn't oh, it think it would be an intentions. issue yeah, they didn't think it would be an issue, but Synology implemented a thing, and the Synology UI provides a warning similar to a smart warning. So one thing led to another, and now it's turning into blowback, right? And this is why every intern should come with a giant vat of mineral oil. You can dip them in when they do something <laughs> dumb. Listen, Ken works for Intel now. I know. He's not, not an, intern an intern anymore. He's not an intern. He's moved on to he much was. larger he's in his 30s mineral now. oil. He's yeah. got like, he's you a, know. He's a grown man. All swimming pools full of it over there now. Yeah. All right. Um, on that uplifting note, as usual, let's move on to uh, Security Corner. And as, you know, we'll visit Bleeping Computer. And oh, there's a Security Corner now? Yeah. Learn yeah, that Android apps with spyware installed 421 million times from Google Play. Sounds Brett and right. I like to share our pain. And I mean, come on, the three-year warning was a, a pretty good intro to this. But yeah, so apparently... It, it was attached to Google Auth, so that, that helped those numbers. Yes, I'm kidding. yes, it definitely it did. Anyway. 
it wasn't. Uh, but no, apparently, uh, instead of providing ads to people that uh, download free apps, they gamify them. So you get little mini games inside of your little app to I play. Hate, I hate and, those things. I really oh, I, I don't. Things. Seriously, I do not even understand the concept, but it's a thing. So there was one that was uh, called uh, Spin OK, which was offered to a bunch of other app developers saying, hey, we'll, we'll tie in a Spin OK, and it gives your customers little games to play, and it's sort of fun for them and stuff. And, of course, the, the games popped up exactly as expected. In the background, however... <laughs> The uh, Trojan was first enough, smart enough to check Android device sensor data to see if it was in sandboxed or not. So it refused to run if it was sandboxed. If you weren't sandboxed, as, as if you weren't looking for, you know, active infections, as you're playing the game, it is browsing your directories, searching for files, happily uploading stuff from your device. Uh, it will change stuff in your clipboard which can make some for some interesting uh, hijacking stuff. And uh, definitely tried to steal all of your passwords for everything. It came in about a half dozen, dozen or so uh, apps that probably had no idea that Spin OK was literally a Trojan. They just thought it was something to make someone, uh, you know, more interested in your app. And yeah, we're we're just about four hundred million downloads of these infected ones. Great. Google has since pulled them, but I don't think they blocked them from your device. So, you know, take a look if you really want to get depressed and because you play this sort of thing, or you know, laugh if you don't play Pink Plinko. I mean, just don't ever play games on your phone, and this will never happen. But unfortunately, I, I think the last 3D thing I loaded on my phone was the Unreal Fortress app on my oh god, you Galaxy did. S3. It was a benchmark. Yep, I mean it looked good for the time, but yeah, that was and it kept your hands warm in the cold. Yeah, cool. Hey, if you're stuck in the middle of a Wyoming winter, you run the benchmark, and your hands will be nice and toasty. Yeah. Google's been in the news lately doing some weird other things with their with their platform as well. Wasn't there there was something yeah. recently with uh they banned a, like a downloader app because it was basically a browser that people could some other country was complaining that somebody could go to a piracy website like in some foreign country. Oh, right? Uh yes. And then and so they banned the app because it was basically able to browse to the site, right? But yep. the other thing that can browse to the site was Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I think we talked about this last well, week. Well, Chrome's maybe. fine. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, sorry, we did it, a while back. It was just yeah. it was so silly. It was just like, what? Really? You, you banned it? You're gonna ban your own browser? <laughs> it's a too? standard like, web browser. Developer says, well, yeah, it's like it's a browser. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, okay. well, it's encroaching in our territory. So yeah, yeah, you're, get you're the hell off our if platform. Anybody's gonna do piracy? They're gonna use Chrome. Damn it! They're not gonna use your tool. Wait, you don't yeah, use Yeah, they rejected their appeal. That was the weirdest thing. They rejected yeah, their appeal, too. You'd think it's, oh, they yeah. have a, a great case here, and then, no, app makers appeal rejected by Google. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, Google or Alphabet is, 
you can call them as well. They 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 sort of remove the the no from their slogan. Yeah. Hmm. So if that that was weeks ago, I wonder if uh, that was uh, that was only a week ago. I wonder, wonder if there's a follow up by now. Like if anybody like if they came to their senses since it got traction clearly. Like I saw yeah. it in multiple feeds. Yep. I don't know. Oh, well. Well, I mean that was that was our mini. Uh, yeah, I didn't order. want to spread the rest of the hate because yeah. I mean Brett's out. That, so yeah. that whole check-in for if it's in a sandbox thing—that's like step one of malware, of like the nastiest uh, yep. malware. Mm. Ugh. And then the nasty thing is it uses uh, gyroscope data because apparently when you're in sandbox mode, your gyroscope data is different. Interesting. Than if you're not. Oh, interesting. And they hmm. figured this out. At least for now. That's but a you know novel what's way worse? to figure out if you're in a stand in the sandbox or not. Yeah. But you know what's worse? When you're trapped in a sandbox, it is actually a an orbiting space station taken over by a, 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 an AI that you actually remove the ethical constraints from and is now looking to turn you into a cyborg like it did every other inhabitant of the satellite. I, I thought you were going with the trapped in the sandbox with a cat, and we were going into a totally well, different direction. No, no, it's gaming, it it's gaming quick hits. And we're talking about System Shock, which apparently is stressful and stylish. Yes. Old and new blended into an unforgiving experience, writes uh, Jeremy Hellstrom at PC. Yeah, they, they decided to stick with 90s gaming on this. As they you should. are going to pull out a notepad. And you were going to write down audio logs because unlike nowadays, you kids that, oh, once that secret code is in my audio log and I walk up to a keypad, it just automatically unlocks for me. No, you're going to have to remember that code and you're going to have to manually enter it. And you're going to have to hope to hell that a mutant that didn't spawn just behind you is now beating the hell out of you as you're trying to do this. I was a little bit worried. Uh, I backed this about six years ago, I think when they first suggested it and it's taken this long to come out, but they've done well. Uh, I can't play more than about two hours of it without getting too stressed out to be able to cope. They've captured it. You need to lean around every single corner and yes, there is a lean button or else you're going to die. Uh, it took me about two hours to get at least a couple of weapons other than a pipe to beat cyborgs in the head with. They've gone with an interesting art style where a lot of the, the, the assets that you're holding are nice and bright and shiny and look new, like new graphics generation. But a lot of the other stuff is, it's not pixelated until you get close. And then it sort of resembles some of the textures that, uh, I mean, at least I know for Josh and I, are seared on our brains for forever. And I think, Alan, you're with us on this too. System Shock was a horrifying game. It was so good. So much fun. But look at the uh, text on the recycler. Oh, by the way, that's a recycler. You're going to need to know those. Uh, so, yeah. That is yep. definitely... And if you look at the, the size of the, the gun... The 128 by 128 textures that uh, yep. we were limited to back in the day. So not so much this gun, but other guns, there are on the ammo readouts, very definite 128 
John textures. I am, am quite impressed by what the, uh, what night dive has done or look at the robot there. Yeah. Right. It's, it's good, but at the same time, it's a little bit blocky, isn't it? They sort worry. of recaptured it. The audio, the audio is brilliant. They, they got the same person to do Shodan, and it is just something else. The cyberspace stuff is much better than it was in the original. Uh, the puzzles are quite fun. That, do you have to repair weapons as often? No, as not so much. Oh, good. And that was there awful. is no, but hell, good luck fitting them all in your inventory. Because yeah. you're playing Tetris, trying to fit everything in and get a couple of things and recycle stuff to scrap and run back to the recycler for the high value stuff. And oh crap, there's another friggin' mutant that's spawned where it didn't used to be. Yeah, there, there were two retro games that came out this week. I made my choice. I think Josh made his choice. What's well, a brand new one? Diablo but it's, or, yeah. Yeah. Retro. I don't know. I tried the uh, demo. I, the, I got to the boss at the end of the demo of, of the first dungeon, and I spent about five minutes beating on him. I'm like, wait a second. He's only got half health. I must be doing something wrong. And I started varying my patterns, and I died. I'm like, oh, yeah, now your weapons are worn. And actually, you know what? This is kind of boring. And I stopped. Have you That's had a better okay. experience? Uh, my first run through was to like level 12 or something. And it was, it was enjoyable. There was some replay value, but hmm? shaman, barbarian, barbarian. Okay. Hmm. I tried the shaman. Yeah. It was pretty though. Compared yeah. to the old Dablos. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty. But I wonder if, uh, yeah, the the way that they're wording, they, they changed the wording on when things would unlock with the Deluxe Edition versus the Ultimate Edition. And you know what? Screw them. They're not getting another $10 out of me for the Ultimate hey, Edition if they only unlock that. If they only unlock that on Friday with the Deluxe unlocked on Sunday. It's like, screw you guys. You're Oh, that's I'm just done. bad. Done. Done. But they have my money, so I'm... uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I have got my money six years ago or so, and uh, I still couldn't get out my key code on time. Had to contact support, but I got it. Yeah, that's good. And yeah, I don't know about Bolt Gun. I'm kind of thinking about trying it, but uh, honestly, it looks just silly. You know, talking about silly things. Yes. I hear you got a new desk. Can you tell us about your desk, Jeremy, in a concise and I have no idea way. what you're talking about. Oh, brother. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> but stupid. No, uh, Flexispot offered to send me out a desk, and I'm like, you know what? I've upgraded a lot of things over the years, but I certainly haven't upgraded the uh, desk. And yes, the carpet needs to die, but uh, that's a different problem. Yeah, the walls uh, are nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I, and Flexispot does not guarantee that you will get a new 
coat of paint on your walls okay. when you put it in a desk. But uh, oh, I want to see your old desk. I'm fascinated by a look behind the curtain. This is what uh, Jeremy has been looking at for years. <sighs> That's the other office. direction, huh? All this yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. That's you, uh, you know why I don't send it that way. That way, now <laughs> it's just, enlightening. Just like, I like it. I like, like your me. big ashtray. It's That's far just better like, than just mine. Like, just like me, it's been insane. the same. It's been the same screen, the same same speakers, like the whole time, and like, and like, oh, even even. Well, hold on, even in reach. <laughs> <laughs> there was a white spider in his <laughs> on his desk. Yep, nice. and I have. And I have a Spider Five on my desk, right in the yeah, same place. Yeah, you got the Spider Five. Convenient. Well, stuff mm-hmm. I mean accumulates over time, and I mean you you got to have it all within reach. But yeah, the, I think this desk was here when I moved in, and I just sort of took it over. And so they they oh, should the be. Out. They've got a whole bunch of different uh, types of wood that you can do and stuff. But I thought a light bamboo would be nice, you know, lighten up the room and stuff. Definitely packaged very well completely mm. solid there's no way to screw up the installation so even if you can't handle ikea literally that there are screws in bag a screws in bag b screws in bag c and the instructions walk you completely through it you put it in and as you just heard it is utterly silent uh it holds uh i think this one's about 185 kilo so you don't have to worry about overloading it in any way shape or form it goes up to just over four feet so basically i could i could recline on that dramatically and you could still lift me up that goes up like really high it goes down low too look at this yeah it's just about two feet at very low that's like so it's like it goes from a sitting on the floor to a standing on a stool desk Mm -hmm. basically you didn't go with the uh minimal desktop i mean you've got the nice bamboo not just an iMac on there now with like a coffee mug. Uh, I'm not Mary Kondo. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All no. right. Uh, I need my joystick. I need my controller. I need my mouse. Yes, I, I need my mirror. I, I like I need... how I like how it's the exact same items, even yes, down to exact, the spider. I thought it was the same picture. Right? I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, the base <laughs> is yeah, different. It's the same. Okay. It's the, I think the drink is the same, probably. Like, uh, you know, it? it's all the Let's same. It's just, yeah, you got to go back. It's, just, it's probably the same cup. Oh, no, the same cup, no, the cup holder. There. No, it's the same coaster. Yeah, same oh, coaster. Okay. Same coaster. Yes. Same coaster. Hmm. And the wall is different. You know <laughs> that that is a vintage Netgear coaster. Oh, uh, hold on. That I picked uh, up. Uh, oh, God, I don't know when. <laughs> it's well used. Wow. That's <laughs> the. It's going to have some interesting cultures living on that one. I uh, uh, wash it occasionally. I throw it in the uh, washing machine. Because it needs it. And, and out comes its own beer from the washing machine when it's done. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, that's uh, for the uh, rats that are down in the sewers. Beast on the yeast. So how much, how yeah, much does I, this cost? Uh, so they're constantly having sales, uh, mm. which is, you know, I consider a, a very much positive. But uh, this mm. one, if you click on it, click through. I mean, it was 509 It'll okay. probably come for a cheaper one. The bamboo is a little bit more cheaper, a little bit Ooh, more expensive. Thirty dollars off. Yeah. Oh, down to three nineteen. Oh, Wait, that's ah, the, but that's no just top. for the top. That's no. But that's top. the thing. If you've got your own top, they'll just sell you the legs. Oh, nice! I could put a piece of plywood on there. 
They'll sell me chipboard for eighty dollars. Yeah, I went bamboo for the bamboo for one twenty. Yeah, in light and dark, depending on how you like. Okay. Uh, the dark legs currently are more expensive than the white legs. Okay, but still, I mean, compared to like a Herman Miller, it's you well, know, half the yes. price. It costs but, less than uh, a car. Josh wants a sheet of carbon yeah, fiber. Yeah. But Uplift is sort of the other right, one. Josh? No. 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 Yeah, they they don't do carbon fiber, unfortunately. They do it yourself. Uh, Can you imagine you're 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 okay, so you're on the edge and you're scraping your arms, your forearms across carbon fiber. I mean yeah, you no. finish the edges of it and it's make it soft and who does that? Clear coat. That's what clear coat's for. A little for. bit of clear coat. Yeah, yeah you know. It's... Bondo if you can't afford it. Yeah. But the thing like. is uplift does pretty much the same thing with usually less weight bearing and then it'll still cost you a bit more. Yeah. The so value seems okay for... compared to, I mean, it's ergonomic furniture. It's always going to have a yeah. bit of a premium attached to it. And if you want to get sort of crazy, I mean, they have some really high end woods. Oh, nice. Uh, the, I didn't offer the bamboo with wireless charger, but there is a wireless charger. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, if you want to go for like rubber wood or black walnut, it's going to cost you a little bit more. I went for the smaller version. There is a, a slightly larger one. I don't know. Final verdict? Good? Uh, it's a damn good desk. It's significantly better than the one I had. Well, I mean, yes. It's a kind of low bar. Yeah, the are one you, you had is something that I can find on the side of the road any week. Are you, are uh, but then again, using I got Herman Miller at work. I've got Herman Miller at work, and I hate it. Oh, it's it's got one powered leg and one dead leg. This has two powered legs. Hmm. How does that uh, even work? It, no, is that the furniture brand, or is there well. actually a guy named no, Herman guy Miller named at Herman your Miller. work? And it's <laughs> no, it, it is. Lost they they the blew war. more on the furniture <laughs> and just got, uh, got one leg. It's not his fault. Than they would on my server room. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's got one dead leg and one live leg. There's no cable management for their wires underneath, whereas these guys ship with one. And if you want to go crazy, they have a whole bunch of accessories where you can get trays, you can get extra cable management for your stuff. Chat, but, yeah. Chat is talking about the low bar, the extremely low bar. It it really is. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I'm going to admit, I I put the picture up. I know, I know where my and, bar you, is. And hey, anybody commenting about his previous setup? I don't have the balls to give you a picture of my setup right now it's ridiculous you see boxes yeah. everywhere and piles of things on top of things you know we don't need to look at that no this this no, wall behind see. me is the only fairly clean area in the entire house really because yeah. of all my clutter all right let's let's move to the josh review josh, josh. review <clears throat> so monoprice sent a wheel stand for me to Dark review. Badger. So Monoprice, they, they've gone crazy with all the things. It used to be just cables, and then they did cables and some low-end speakers, and then some microphones, and then monitors. Now they're doing racing wheel stands. Dark Batter GT. It's a relatively inexpensive, really solid, well-built, well-designed wheel stand for you know, racing enthusiasts on the PC or Xbox or PS5, whatever you want. Usually a lot of these things from like Next Level Racing, who I reviewed before, uh, they're, they're, you know, basic starting wheel stands will 
started around 230 to 250 bucks. Well, this is two thirds the cost of that, but it's the same kind of design and quality. So it's, it's, it's uh, cold rolled steel tubing, both in square and round form. Uh, it's got a nice solid base for you to mount your pedals. Uh, there are three positions for the pedals and how uh, steep you want them to be. I use number one with, with mine, but if you're, you know, going for more of an F1, you'll want that up. Um, powder coat was good. The welds were well pretty shoddy. I mean, there, there, there's, there's full, I wouldn't say thickness. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, when, when, when the actual welds go all the way into the metal, um, not injection. Uh, there's a certain term for it. I knew it a couple of weeks ago. I don't know now because my brain is mush, but all their welds were pretty, pretty bulby, you know, bulgy, just sloppy. However, they were strong. So yes. there wasn't anything bad with them. It's just aesthetically, they're not terribly pleasing, uh, easily adjustable. So if you look in the the previous one you can you can see how you've got the numbers on the base do you see the the embossed numbers one two three on the base well you put the little nut in that depending on which vertical one two three you want to put it in and it allows you to keep your uh base at at the same width and stable so you know instead of you know you're, you're flattening things out by going with a higher uh, number, um, you know, for, for angle on the, on the base plate. Uh, it stays kind of the same. It's a nice little design. Uh, they've got, you know, a little white stenciling on throughout to help you get the correct uh, angles and everything on. Uh, they've, they've added in the, uh, the shifting plate. It's ambidextrous. It's amphibious. You can go on either side, and it fits the majority of different shifters. In this, I use the Logitech. Uh, you know, look at look at that leather, premium leather Logitech shifter. Yeah, hand stitched. As you can tell, it's a little dusty in my house, but I've got three dogs, two children, and two cats. So there you have it. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's a great little stand. It's super solid. Uh, you know, it's fairly adjustable for the price range. Uh, it's only got kind of three settings for for angle of the base as well as angle for what you mount the the wheel on. And uh, you want to kind of keep this under ten newton meters of uh, force because if you put a, a you know higher end direct drive, even though they 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 advertise this that this can handle a direct drive unit uh when things get really crazy uh that that could be flopping all over and breaking wrists so you know i, I keep with a, a regular belt drive or, or one of the uh, lower end direct drives what about for the best something part? like this the best part it what? folds it folds for yeah i was just gonna ask that if it like pleasure. folds it lo- yeah because it looked like yeah. it could, and that'd be very handy it, to be able to just. Like, it certainly does. You can hang it on a wall if you want. You can put it in a corner. You can, you can store it away, and it's like yeah, an you iron don't have board. to uninstall. Yeah, you don't it's have to like uninstall an anything. Board. It all just, it all just folds up nicely. I mean, basically, right? You, hang, you know, you just hang it up on the wall. That's pretty smart. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. I already have an yeah. ironing board. I don't need this, do I? 
No, ironing you board? don't need it. As no, you don't need the ironing thing. board. Oh, you I can see. Use I can it. use this right. ironing board. Okay. Okay. Right. What you do is is you get your clothes out of the dryer as just as soon as the dryer's done, and you fold them, and you don't need an ironing board. Oh. Oh. Okay, Mister Perfect, Mister. I'm always at the dryer when it stops. You know, I I have a busy life, and they sit in there for hours. My, and it's not my, my dryer's now. fancy. Every every five minutes after it's done, it like tumbles for. Yeah, it'll like do that if I do the the. So anyway, yeah, a hundred and fifty some odd bucks on sale. That is constantly kind of on sale. Chair not included, though. The, the chair, the chair, chair is definitely not new. No. But you know what? You're not a real gamer if you if don't have a chair come, like that. If that it doesn't come in. with that chair, that's a deal breaker. I'm not. These, I'm not uh, buying games it. here. Is that Dune? That's, Dune on uh, yes, 4K, that's Dune. Blu-ray. That's Dune. There's Harry Potter. There's Lord of the Rings that you told me I should get. The 4K Look, one, yeah, with the improved rage, color grading. Rage yeah. for Xbox. Oh, you see yeah. it there. You I see it there. The right. Barely can make out yep. the lettering on these Xbox yep. games. Rage next to the other Halo. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, wow. sorry, you know a little bit about me. No banking information, <laughs> but close enough. So anyway, I got the silver award uh, because it's a really solid little unit. And if you are a person who enjoys racing your experience will be much improved from having a wheel stand rather than just mounting it on your desk you permanently mount it to the wheel stand it's a much better much much better experience and also don't use a chair that has rollers on it because if you've got any kind of load uh cell uh pedals uh, if you've got rollers on your chair and you push down the load cell brake, you just go backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. So there you have it. That's model price. Is very good. Stopping. Yeah. All right. Just the fact it was that enjoyable folds thing up to review. so small. Just yeah. the fact that folds up so small is the, makes it like the first thing I've seen in years that makes me think of, hey, you know, maybe I should get back into racing games. Because I got out of them because the wheel and the pedals were always in the way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just take the wheels well, off your can chair. Fold them up like dryers or like yeah. washing. Ironing board. Ironing board. Yes. Ironing board. Yes. Fold okay. Them up like you're washing. Let's move to picks of the week. Josh, get us started. What the hell did I pick again? A thing. <laughs> A thing. At Newegg from a uh, oh yeah. micro devices, yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, five thousand series fifty seven hundred X processor for it's like one ninety one, but you take another seventeen to twenty bucks off of That's it. That's ridiculous. It ends in two hours. Yeah, if you're it's watching the live stream, go to Newegg.com right yeah. now. This is this is yeah, what you're missing still, out if you if you didn't watch live. Yeah, one hundred ninety two bucks for a eight core sixteen thread. 65 watt fast AM4 processor. It just is under 200 bucks. And I imagine it's still going to be under 190 some odd. It may not be minus $17, but it's going to be pretty dang close. No cooler, but yeah, it's a great processor for the price. Is the new, is the new thing uh, like uh, instead of 10 cents a gig, like 10 bucks a core? Is that where? Something like that. Work towards Something like that, yeah. yeah. And you can yeah. do 10 bucks a core if you're buying like a Core 2 Duo. You can buy $20 Core 2 Duos all day long. 10 bucks a core. Yeah. You know? Wow. E8400 all day. Per thread. Per thread is, is the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Same thing. Ten bucks a thread. Uh, Jeremy, what's uh, your well, pick? Well, I mean, as Josh said, I mean, you might need a new processor, and I hate to break it to you, but your thermal paste is old, and it's probably got everything sank down to the bottom or the top, and it's probably crap. But if you're Canada, there is a great deal on what is actually pretty decent uh, thermal compound paste from Curler Master. Instead of having to pay nine bucks, it's four bucks. You can only buy two. Don't, because you'll never go through two of them before they go bad again. Because all of the thermal, the, the metal parts in that compound sink to the bottom of the top, depending on how you store it. And either becomes a little too conductive or a little less uh, heat conductive. Put it in the fridge. Buy yourself some new thermal paste. Okay. Seriously. Gas station hot dogs. They keep them warm on these rollers all day long. Put your thermal paste on a roller. Keep it tumbling. It'll never go bad. And the heat from the hot dog rollers. Just like the gas station hot dog. Whenever whenever you you change the batteries in your TV remote, flip rotate your thermal pastes exactly yeah maintenance but nothing beats a truck stop egg salad sandwich out of a bathroom machine not only will it make you smarter it'll make you more attractive yes uh, for a limited amount of time well right until you give it up and then the person didn't like the real you after all it's a really depressing well you know sometimes you just feel like you need to lose 15 pounds in a very short amount of time that will also do it yeah (laughs) Alan, some of us uh, have read the short story some of us haven't Alan would you like to uh, provide a pick I don't see a link here but oh I didn't link it I didn't link it I can just google so I helped uh, I helped work on the thing now instead of reviewing the things I finally get to help work on the things so if you have a Solidime P41 Plus or P44 Pro, or even an Intel uh, SSD 670P or 665P, uh, you can install a driver. You can install a thing for free and get better performance. This is the gist of it. And How about especially, a uh, we didn't go. We well, we only went back two gens on the uh, on the Intel stuff. Sorry, we had to draw the line somewhere on validation. I know we only, only got so many people working on this thing. My 660 is upset, but it forgives you. Yeah. So um, if you have those four products, you'll get uh, some features of the driver which help increase your performance, which is there's a thing called smart prefetch, which is like a, a like an intelligent prefetching sort of thing that happens in the background. Um, does it better than Windows does it, which is handy. Um and then there's a thing called dynamic queue assignment, which helps with uh, higher queue depth bursts going to the drive. And it's it, effectively, it manages where the queues sit, like as far as what, what cores the NVMe queues are sitting on. And it does that a little bit better than what the, like the, the default Windows driver does. So those are the things you get for any of those four drives. If you have a P41 Plus, that has an extra feature, uh, which our new name, it used to be called um, HMC. But the new name for it, like the rebranded name, is called Fastlane. And that's a thing where the driver can help suggest to the drive which things should be in the SLC cache. So usually SSDs hmm. are really dumb about that. 
and it's just sort of like whatever the more recent thing that you wrote to it, that's what goes in the SLC because it's like a write cache only. Um, we're doing things a little bit smarter. We're taking some of that write cache and we're dedicating it to, hey, these things are frequently accessed. Uh, they should probably be in the SLC because you can read them faster than you can read them from the QLC. Um, and it's the it's the same sort of technology that was used back when you had the Optane accelerated NAND products from Intel, right? Like the H10 and the H20. Um, same sort of technology, but applied in a different manner where you're not doing any of that weird stuff where Optane is half of the device and, you know, this is just regular SLC cache uh, QLC device, but, you know, we can apply the learnings from all the previous caching fancy fancy pants stuff that happened in the past and just make it work, you know, seamlessly on this uh, QLC product. So good stuff. And especially, so especially for that P41 plus, if you have one of those drives and you don't have the driver installed, please install the driver. It's like seven, 10% boosts, like gen for general, like overall workload type stuff. It like PC Mark $0. It costs you $0. Yeah. It's like PC Mark 10 storage test, which does trace playbacks of a bunch of different sorts of like productivity and gaming and all sorts of stuff. Like those results go up by seven to 10%. Just I installed it installed. And, and it didn't destroy my machine. Good. One more is, validation person success. Is Six, this great success? A mistake. Look at I'm looking at Newegg right now. Some people in the chat were talking about this. It's $75 for the two terabyte Solidine P41 Plus. Oh, bloody hell. That is, that is ridiculous. That is, that is correct. Oh, yeah. That that that's, 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 that's the two gigabyte per second one. That's but still, that's in shivers. A gigabyte. A so, yeah, when that take 10 this cents a gig out of the water, buddy. Bloody hell. Yeah. Four cents. I thought yep. the, the Ryan P44 was Pro. So before his time. So at, before uh, Ryan's time, yeah. Or, yeah. So it's, now. Now, in all honesty, if you're going to be harder on the drive than you would want from a QLC product, we do have a TLC product. That's the P44 Pro. You're yeah. going to pay a little bit more for it, right? That's still 129 um, for, uh, and that's actually $10 off right now, 119 But that's also a two-hour sale thing. Yep, and that is among the best performers of Gen 4 SSDs out there. Yes, it is. That is, yep, that is a very is. good. Depending know. on the workload, depending on how you're using it, it can be one of the, Fair. if not the, top performers. I, I did a grade my primary drive from the first generation Sabrent, you know, for mm -hmm. PCI yep. four to that. And it's been cooler and faster. Yeah. And that's, that's actually one of the claims the same of, of the, especially the P44 pro for the speed that it goes, it's efficiency is, is kind of nutty. It's very power efficient. It's like, we didn't want to go as far as to, to like make like super bold claims like uh, going against Sony's guidance on if you put one of these in a PS5, for example, mm -hmm. like Sony always recommends put a heatsink on it no matter what. But we've done testing. We couldn't get it a throttle like because it's that efficient, right? You really only need the heatsink to remove heat. Well, if the drive is doing things more efficiently than, uh, than competing drives, then you kind of get to the point where you don't really need the heatsink for, for some cases, right? Um, yeah, so I mean it's good stuff. Um, this is this is one of those career moves where I'm happy that I I made the choice to be working, you know, in in, in over here, right? And we're happy you are. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, you're just cool happy stuff you don't drivers. have to make a decoder ring at this point. You don't even have to move. 
Well, that, yeah. I mean, look at all that yeah. stuff behind. Listen, it. I don't want to move. I don't want to move all how long it would take to pack. I don't want to move all this stuff. No, be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kent, did you have a pick this uh, this week? I did. Um, you know, in all the other hardware releases where the prices are out of control, there's um, a new version of Depends, right? That is more absorbent yet costs less. How did you I'm know? Not there. I'm not there yet, Josh. Um, but, uh, one thing that is coming down in price is all DRAM, but DDR five is actually reasonably priced now. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, why even uh, go 6,000 seriously? Well, I'm sorry. What? I didn't catch that, Josh. Why go over 6,000, but you got to turn around and you got this monocle. Don't go over six thousand. That's nine thousand. It's nine thousand. Nine thousand. I know. I've yeah. Okay. Oh, still thirty-eight latency. Uh, well, all right. yeah. So uh, there's some great prices for DDR5 on Newegg right now. I had linked a uh, a team group or yeah, T Force kit. Uh, Thirty-two. Look, gigs, it's not over six thousand. It's not over six thousand, Josh. <laughs> And it's $85 with a $3 off promo code. So, you know, if you're looking to upgrade systems and you've been holding off. for 32 gigs. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound that bad when you think about the fact that all these kits basically start at 32 gigs. That's yeah. 100. It's not. I really, I really was not expecting DDR5 to to drop this quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really wasn't either. No one is buying it. Nobody. Well, I mean, you've got people that were waiting for DDR5 before they upgraded to the Ryzen 7000 stuff. Well, now they're holding off until they get some more solid answers on why chips and motherboards are destroying each yeah. other. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Now they're waiting on BIOS updates. <laughs> right. I've got and a $300 the, motherboard that's going to fry my CPU. Okay. Exactly. I have, I Good literally news. at my feet. Literally at my feet, still in a package, is a 7950X I intend to use for a test bed and a $1,000 Asus motherboard that yeah. I have not powered on yet. Yeah. Yeah, good, good I, idea. I, I've had it for like, over like several weeks now, and I'm, I'm like waiting because I'm like, I don't want to fry this thing. <laughs> Just going to wait until there's and, a, you know, it, it, sure. You know, and now it looks like a, a genius move on Intel's part to hey. have made the last two generations compatible with DDR4 or DDR5. Yep. Right. All AMD had to do was offer DDR4 support with AM5. Yeah. Well, an guess what they didn't do. I know. And it's just if it was, oh, you can carry your, you know, your, you need a new motherboard and processor, but you knew that. But you can take your memory over and your power supply and your case, and it's, it's, it. We're used to that. We're not used to new new board, a new memory, a new processor, and it's really immature. A and new Ajisa. There's a lot of growing and, pains. Oh, and we, okay. Ajisa's, uh, I'm gonna inter- I'm gonna intervene here. Okay. All of those I'm gonna straddle two generations of DDR. Yeah, please come into the conversation. They they do not sell very well on the lower version ever in, in the history. It it's it's been small percentages of sales 
of motherboards in that. What they, do you mean by the lower the version? OEMs. Oh yeah. Okay. So if you know, it's like, hey, this you know, this this uh, processor supports both DDR three oh, okay. and DDR four. Yeah. And it just the the lower end spec just has never. Done. So I can see why AMD did it. It's like it is single digit percentages of people who use it in this situation. Mm-hmm. Let's just cut it off. Really? You think that it's single digit percentages of people who buy a DDR4 yeah. Intel yeah, board? Yeah, because uh, you see it primarily in retail. No way. You primarily it, it probably, see it in no, retail. Probably tapers, it probably tapers pretty quickly, right? There it's are a the lot early... of DDR4 Intel options with Z690 and Z790, like high end boards with DDR4. There's options. But are There's they buying? Options. But how much do they sell? Do you have that information, right. Smash? No, you don't it's, either. It's... You're just pulling stuff out of your butt. Who am I? And John I am Petty? too. And I'm confident <laughs> in my imaginary numbers. His, he can pull. I believe in my body. numbers more I, than I, you. Okay, possibly supporting Josh's theory is the fact that the last two Intel boards that, or the, at least the last one that they offered to send, MSI sent me the DDR4 version. And usually companies send the stuff that they want more coverage of, they want more awareness of, because it isn't selling. <laughs> Or that they have 20 of sitting on the back right, shelf. Right, like, oh, take, yeah. take, take this DDR4 board. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, no, if I'd it's be up, surprised if the DDR5s are selling as well as the DDR4s. Early on, though, before we had these higher clock DDR5 cats, there were there was still a, a pretty significant latency advantage on DDR4 because it was way more mature, right? And so you did have some competitive gamer types, depending on what they were doing and what their particular workload if it was more sensitive to latency than throughput. For the for the memory bandwidth, right? Um, you know, there were some folks that were that were going specifically with D four boards. Um, probably less so today, right? Especially if you can get us a, a six thousand kit for insane eighty five dollars, three dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. good. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, if people already had DDR four and they wanted to upgrade. And you can buy DDR4 Intel boards cheap. We're talking like you know hundred dollar or less board. Take your existing memory yeah. over. If you're just on a lower end processor, you don't need. Do you need DDR5 to fully utilize? What, what, your then why do you need a next generation processor? I don't know. It's a bad example. I don't know. <laughs> uh, by the way, I want to thank uh, Wayne. We've had a couple of super chats uh, earlier. We had one where the person gave us five dollars and said, "I didn't really have any reason. Just thank you." And I, I said, "You know." Oh. And then Wayne is like, "Thank you, Alan." This is really for you. What? What, what did I do? For the prescient, pertinent, and productive advice for solid state and spinning rest drives. Oh. People just love having you on the podcast, Alan. I I mean, I try. Somebody's like, oh, can Alan do a mailbag on Friday? (laughs) Let's just... (laughs) Hey, do do you have one of those X25 SSDs in reach? That's what I want to know. I can't reach the shelf without crackling my microphone. Yeah, but Sebastian does. Right, made, but it's made. right. Look at that. But it's right there. It's literally right there. Hold on. Hold on. World. That is the reason that you have the name. Now I have to one up. Now I have to one up Sebastian. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Alton Maltavina. I'm gonna mute. Oh, it's muted. Oh, he's gonna mute himself. Maltavino. Wait, he's gonna pull out that J Micron drive from his pants. He's got so many SSDs, it would make you. Cry. Weep. He has to lay it gently. 
strumming his pain with his finger. You realize that uh, the audio is never going to come back. The chord just disintegrated. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> probably. He's empty-handed. All right, so in Told that you. box, oh. in that huh? box that you have there, Sebastian. Yes, it's probably one of these stickers. If you were to open the box, yeah, it's been opened. You don't it's want not it. a sealed box. Oh, okay. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Boy, you. <laughs> <laughs> Either Alan is a card. hell of a magician, or well, he's got a real problem. Here, wallet anymore? How many of those drives do you have? Uh, so, uh, what model? What model SSD was that? Was that a was that a G two X twenty five M G two? I think it's. Well, hold on. Is that what it is? It's from. Is it a G two? I don't think so. I mean, no, I think that's original. Here, you, you tell me what this is. Focus. Oh, that's X25. Oh, that's no, that's the original, the original 80. That, that, that's the original one. Yeah, the, that's yeah. the original. Yeah. This was my first SSD. I bought the X25. It was $300 on Newegg. You lucky, because when I bought mine, it was 650 No, I waited for them to drop. I was following PC Per at the time and excited about getting an God, SSD. why would you do that? Listen. Well, for the, you know, for the that, SSD. It was because it drive, was mostly Alan. That drive is what started the whole thing. I right. bought one myself. I wasn't doing reviews, right? I, I, yeah, I but you found an issue. issue with it. And I found an issue with it. I emailed to a few editors-in-chief to say, hey, I found this weird issue. I can't really go to Intel tech support with this. Nobody's going to understand what the heck I'm talking about if they're going through like a, a flowchart for like support, right? They're not going to fix that problem. And so Ryan was the only guy that answered my email. Yep. One thing led to another, and I he's like, "Hey, and history was made." Work, and suddenly we're sharing a bed at. <laughs> and suddenly I'm sleeping, yeah. Josh, <laughs> and at, a, at a sleazy hotel. Josh sure snores a lot. <laughs> wow, it's okay. Josh hey, used to throw pillows me, at me. So it was, yeah, it was, yeah. Okay. Do you have your decoder out? Oh my goodness, the SSD decoder, Mushkin. That's probably Sandforce. Mm, oh, it's got to be Sandforce. Because yeah, it's 120. See, that was the giveaway back then because it wasn't that's 120. Gotta be, it was 120. It's got to be Sandforce. 120, 240. Weird, yeah. weird SSD brand, 120. Sandforce. Yeah. <laughs> hey, back oh, in the day, those were the days. Mushkin had those some premium SD RAM. <laughs> Sandforce was like 80% of the SSD decoder. It was like this drive, this name, Sandforce. And like half the of the one was OCZ. Yeah, yep. OCZ had like 10 different model names, all Sandforce. And then like there were all the other Patriot had one. Mushkin had one. Like everybody else had one also. Sandforce. Then Indie Links came back. Oh, and, man, that yeah. link still works. Yeah, oh, I yeah. Googled it. I've got one. Jesus. I've got one that still works. It's, uh, yeah. There's the Intel first gen. Yeah, there's X25 MG2 was right there. Very yeah. top. That's no, that's the what, oh yeah. No, no the top one. The very the top, top one. You gotta go, you gotta go further up. Hey, nope, you gotta go further up than that. X25. There it is. Top right on there. the list. The very first one. MLC. MLC, baby. Represent. And sure the write speeds were only 70 megabytes per second, but that's because you know you didn't want to overdo it. Was it was rated at 70, it actually went 80. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Intel oh, was always under 
they were uh, well they didn't support trim there was no trim. nope not back in those days nope and then there was a x25 mg2 which by the way has this nand all in it where my finger's pointing hold on let me go back to the allen this, cam this this nand that right wafer there. back there wafer that wafer it, that wafer has buddies now this is uh obtain from PCI SSDs, hmm. this is Optane from DIM form factor. So I got two Optane wafers and a NAND mm. wafer now. Called in some favors when I left Intel. Fair enough. I was like, I was like, I really need to have Optane. Need to have some Optane. And they're like, why? And I was like, well, because I have. Because no one else does. I, or I mean, no uh, not, it was well we're, received. We're not, Let me rip this Optane from my working machine. Not, we're not selling it anywhere else. So, you know, I mean, yeah. And then, you know, I mean, that one wafer in the middle is like, what's in this? Right? But then. Ooh. But then, no. But yeah. then. <laughs> you and Wendell with those drives, man. Oh, that, that intro? That wasn't even these drives. That was freaking um, P5800Xs. I did that trick. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had an SSD off the beginning of one of his level one text mm. videos he he can try but he'll never he'll never eclipse the master he's the That's learner okay. you're like qui-gon but like before. oh no oh no uh -oh. oh no the crackling well we could go all night but we should probably do some sort of ending we should to the proper yeah. podcasts it's 12 30 okay. uh right, stop, stop the cracking i mean crackling yeah the cracking i don't even know what's um, loose down here I want to thank mm -hmm. Alan for joining us. Thank everybody for watching on the live stream. And of course, everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast, everybody watching, uh, we appreciate you. And we will return next week with more. <laughs>